Well, turning your Bibles to Genesis 6, we're going to continue, of course, our study of the book of Genesis. And we're in this section, chapter 6, 7, and 8, that's really one of the most famous in the Bible, and that's the flood. God brings judgment upon the earth and commands Noah to build an ark. We saw last time that the wickedness of man was great, that every thought was continually evil. God's response, and really is a twofold thing, judgment and grace. We first of all saw judgment. He's going to bring a flood to wipe man off the earth. That's the plan. But then there's grace. Because in grace, there's Noah found grace in God's eyes, in the eyes of the Lord. So there's, it's powerful there because God chose Noah to escape the judgment. This evening we're going to see some instructions to Noah, build the ark, and it's going to save him and his family. Now, as we look at this ark and as we look at this stuff this evening, we want to raise some questions. Just think about this. How big was this ark and how did it look and did all the animals get on there and did all the animals get on there and how, how did Noah get them all on the ark and how long were they on the ark and how could all this happen? I mean, it could it? I mean, all of these things. Well, this passage I think is one of the most fascinating in the scripture. The ark is really a type of Christ because the ark saves Noah from God's judgment and, of course, Jesus Christ saves us from separation. It's really powerful. Let's start with prayer and then we'll get into our study tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great night. Thank you again for each one who's here. What a great time we have. Thank you for great songs and we just lifted up our voices to you in praise. Lord, thank you also. We have the privilege of remembering the death and resurrection of our Savior with the Lord's Supper. So it's just a great night. Lord, thank you for the book of Genesis. Thank you for all the things that are there. We know there's some really hard passages, some great things. Lord, we just ask you that as we study tonight, you would teach us, we'd see maybe the big idea and the big flow of the flood and the ark and all of those things. Help us to be able to put it together. Most of all, Lord, thank you again for Jesus, how he died and rose again for us, giving us eternal life simply by faith. Lord, I just thank you that the message of salvation is not a message of works or goodness or righteousness, what we do, what we try to do, what we keep on doing. Thank you, Lord. It is your grace to us. It is a gift, the gift of eternal life. So thank you, Lord, for that. <clears throat> Teach us now, Lord, as we study. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you follow instructions? Well, when I was in high school, our teacher surprised us with this pop quiz. She said, okay, at the top of the page, at the, the big, it, it said instructions. She said, here's what I want you to do. She said, look at me carefully. We all had to look up. I'm going to tell you when to begin. When I tell you to begin, you have eight minutes to complete the quiz. But you must read all of the instructions carefully before you begin the quiz. She said, have you got that clear? We all went, yes. She said, go. Well, I picked it open. I read, started reading instructions. It said, please use a dark pencil. Please circle the correct response. Multiple choice questions. One will be way off. Two will be very close. Choose the correct one. I read this. I thought I've seen all this before. I know that I only have eight minutes. I said, I've got to work rapidly. So I, I just started and I was going down a list and I looked up and most of the people in class were feverishly just going down there trying to answer them. But a couple of people were just sitting around. And I thought, well, I continued to work because I knew I only had eight minutes. Well, all of a sudden, I mean, I wasn't even halfway through and the teachers had Stop. And she said, did you read the instructions before you started? And we all said, yes. And she said, no, you did not. Look carefully. So the last sentence of the instructions were, put your name at the top of the page and do not take the quiz. I failed to follow the instructions. Well, this evening, God gives Noah some instructions on how to build the ark and what to do and what about the animals and all these things. And we notice that Noah follows the instructions because his life depends on it. 
And as we dig the passage uh, this evening, we're going to look carefully at the instructions that God gives to Noah concerning the ark. Now let's think about this. In chapter 6, there's three big sections. There's verses 1 through 7, the reason for the flood, and we saw that was the wickedness of man. Then the idea of Noah and his family. We have a little bit of information about Noah. And then in 13 through 22 is the building of the ark, and we'll, we'll get that. But in the passage that we're just breaking down, 13 through 16, even though I started reading back at verse 11, 13 through 16 gives the instruction, 17 through 21, which we won't even get that far as far as verse by verse, but we are going to hit some big ideas. It's God's covenant. But the bottom line was was obedience. Verse 22, thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. That's how he is. And as we begin, let's remember that God is going to bring judgment upon the earth. Why? The wickedness of man. Look at verse 5 of chapter 6. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. Wow, I mean, this is, it's bad. He's going to bring judgment on the earth. Verse 7, the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things, that's bugs and things, to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I made them. Well, there's judgment coming. I mean, it's going to be tough. But in the midst of the judgment, there is grace. Noah, look at verse 8. But Noah found favor, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, when we talk about that, remember that Noah was not better than other people. God didn't say, out of all the people in the world, Noah is the best man. No, then it wouldn't be grace. This is grace. God chose Noah. Let's get a look at what kind of man he was, because he was a a good man in that sense. Look at verse 9. It says, these are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time, and Noah walked with God. There were three things about Noah. He was a righteous man. Now, what does it mean to be righteous? How does a person get righteousness? By faith. So when he says it's righteous, it didn't mean he was a good man. It meant that he had believed in the Messiah, believed in the coming Messiah, and so he had been declared righteous by God. He was righteous in that way. He was blameless, which the idea there meant that he, he when he sinned, he, he dealt with his sin. He was blameless. He was maturing. He was growing. And then the third thing is he walked with God, which meant he had this, he had a, had a fellowship with God, and he spent time with God, and that's really powerful. Now, look at uh, verse 11. It says, Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. That's what we're seeing. Then verse 12. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all the flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. The word corrupt means decaying. Literally, it said, had corrupted. The earth was corrupting itself. That's what it's saying. It's saying it's destroying itself, and that's what sin always does. It brings death and destruction. The wages of sin is death. And I mean, you do you do sin long enough, you die. That's the bottom line. And, and the moment you sin, you break fellowship with God, you're dead in that sense. But uh, sin brings death. The theme of this section, as people say, this little section is the wickedness of man. So what is the response? The response is judgment. I will blot out man. The response is grace. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And that's the way it always is. That when, when, when we think about each one of us in this room, we have all what? Sin to come short of the glory of God. We deserve what? Judgment, because the wages of sin is death. But by grace, we have been saved through faith. It's the grace of God always. So in the midst of the judgment, God has grace. As we think about this passage, the ark really is a type of Christ is what it is. Because in the ark, there's the escape from judgment. In Jesus Christ, there's the escape from the separation, the judgment of God. In this verses 13 and 14, we see in verse 13, we see the plan of judgment. And in verse 14, we see the plan of grace. Look at verse 13. He says, then God said to Noah, here's the judgment. The end of all flesh has come before me. 
For the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I'm about to destroy them with the earth. There it is. He's fixing to do it. That's the judgment. But here's the grace. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms, and you shall cover it inside and out with pitch. Now, notice the verse begins, make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. He didn't just say, make an ark. Because Noah could be going, who's that ark for? <laughs> I'm making the ark. Who's it for? He says, make for yourself the ark. And we're going to see it. And as we begin this, let me, let me raise some questions that we want to think about. First question is this, and we'll go through it. How big was the ark, and what did it look like? I mean, was it the little ship that you see and the giraffe's head sticking out and all of that? I mean, what, what do you see? How big was the ark? What did it look like? The second question is, could all the animals fit on the ark? I mean, there's all kind of studies been done. I'll just give you some information that we find. But could the, all the animals fit on this ark? The third question is, how did or, or did all the animals get on the ark? And the fourth question is, how could Noah do this? I mean, how's he going to get all those animals if they did? I mean, if they all got on the ark, how could he go get them? And then question five, how long on the ark? How long were they on this ark? Because if you ask most people, you say, how long were the ark? What do most people say? Forty days and forty nights, because we know it rained forty days and forty nights. So most people say, well, they got on the ark, and for a little more than a month, they were on the ark. But how long were they really on it? And the last but not least, how could they make it? How could they make it? If it was 40 days and 40 nights, okay, they might could make it. But we're going to find that it was longer than that. And how could they make it? So let's begin with the first question. And how big was the ark? What did it look like? Look at uh, chapter 6. Look at verse 13. God said to Noah, the end of flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I'm about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark. An ark is a box. That's what it is. It's a box. When you think of the Ark of the Covenant, it was a box. It was a box made out of wood covered over to gold with a solid gold lid. It was a box. It was a, it was a, that's what it is. That's what an ark is. So he says, make an ark of gopher wood. So in a sense, it's a ship. But what it really is, like a big barge. It's like a big box is what it is. You shall make the ark with rooms and cover it inside and without with pitch. And so when we start thinking about how big was this, you know, in some drawings that you have, you have this little boat and, and those kind of things. But it was huge. In fact, we're going to find it's big, bigger than an ocean liner. They're bigger than the cruise ships. They were just huge. And, and he says, because all flesh is going to be destroyed, build this ark, build this barge, build this, uh, this uh, flat-bottom, square-sided barge. That's what it really is. It's just, he says, build a big old box, and we're going to put you in a box because that's how I'm going to protect you. And so it's made out of gopher wood, which we best we can understand. Gopher wood, very, very hard wood. And he's going to make rooms. He should make the ark with rooms. And he um, says then with pitch. Pitch is, uh, is the word that means to cover. It was tar-like substance. But it's the idea that he's going to make this thing waterproof. You're going to fix pitch all around it so that it won't leak. So he said, build this big old barge, put rooms in it, and, 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 and make it waterproof. When it says the word rooms there in verse 14, where it says, you shall make the ark with rooms, the word rooms is the same word, Hebrew word often translated as nest. Make some nest. We're going to make a bunch of nests. We're going to make a bunch of places to put things so that things can live. Now, it's huge. Look at uh, verse 15. He says, this is, this is how you will make it. The length of the ark is 300 cubits, its breadth is 50 cubits, and its height is 30 cubits. Now, a cubit is about 18 inches, and so uh, it's about 450 feet long. Now, if you think about that, a football field is how long? 300 feet long. This is, a, this is you just think on going, three, a football field, and then another 150 feet. 
which is a football field and a half. Think how big that is. Have you ever been on a cruise ship? Or you ever seen a cruise ship? They're pretty big, aren't they? You go, whoa, that is big. This is big. 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high, four and a half, five stories tall. It is not a little bitty boat. It is not a little bitty box. It is a huge box. Bigger than an ocean liner. He goes on to say this. You shall make a window for the ark. Now don't picture this big barge and a little window that they peek out, okay? Notice what this says. You shall make a window for the ark and finish it a cubit from the top. It's going to be like from the top of the barge coming down 18 inches will be a window that's actually going all the way around. It's for ventilation. In the old days, when I was in junior high, we didn't have air conditioning. I was in, lived in Mississippi, but we didn't have air conditioning in our gym in the junior high. And when you'd walk into the gym, and you may remember the old gyms, when you walk in there, up along the sides were windows on both sides that would open up. So the ventilation would come through the room, and the light would come in. Of course, if you had a game or something, you turned on the big lights. But if you didn't have a game, you didn't turn on the big lights. But you'd walk in the gym, and the, wind, the, you know, the, the air would circulate through the both sides. That's, that's what he's going to do here in this ark. Coming down from the top, 18 inches, is going to be like a window going all the way around for the ventilation. And maybe for the smell. Right? Because what are you bringing in there? You're fishing to bring all kind of animals. And, I mean, it's, it's going to be amazing what's going to happen. And then he said, and you shall make a window for the ark, uh, finish it a cubit from the top, set the door of the ark in the side of it. Now he's going to fix a, a door, a way that, that they can all go in, that the animals can go in, that he can go in and his family. And you shall make it with a lower, a second, and a third deck. Now it's not going to be, a, it's, it's a giant box with a ventilation thing all the way around the top and a, a door, a way to get into it, and three decks, lower, second, third decks, three levels on the inside, many nests, many rooms, places for the groups. It's a huge ship. It's a big barge. Now, the best that they can estimate that there were over 100,000 square feet, that it was 1.4, 1.5 million cubic feet. It would hold over uh, 14,000 tons of whatever you put in there. Now, here's what they, they tell us that, that if you, if you, uh, the, as far as the capacity would be 522 livestock boxcars. Now you can picture a boxcar, which is on a, on a train. If you had 522 of them and fill those up with animals, that's the space that you have on the ark to put whatever you want to put in there. Now that's a huge, that's 1.5 million cubic feet. Okay, so it's it's not a little bitty thing. It's a huge thing. And if we all went up to it, we'd go, my gracious, look how tall it is. Look how big it is. I mean, think about it. I think this room is, I'm trying to think when we built the building, whether this is 100 feet. This may be 100 feet from there to there. We're talking 450 feet. Four times as big as this going out. Just picture that. I think it'd be pretty big. Now, let me tell you, if you're Noah and God says, okay, here's what I want you to do, 300 cubits by 50 cubits by 30, you know, 30 cubits, what do you think he's thinking? Me building this? With what? How? How long do I have? 
How am I going to build this? I mean, this is not like building uh, a little fort out in the backyard. It's not building a treehouse. This is building a huge ocean liner box is what we're building. It's going to be huge. So, first of all, was it a big thing? It was huge. The second question, could all the animals fit on the ark? Well, when they've done all the studies and they take everything and they say if you take all the animals in the world that we even know about now and you average it down, the average size of all the animals, taking them big, small, everything is about like a sheep. And and they would say you could take all the animal species, they're, t- they're counting everything, about 18,000 species, both what they think are now and what they think are extinct. And you pick two of every one of those and seven of some special ones and you come up with, you know, the number is, is like 79,000 different kind of animals. They said if you take that animal the size of a sheep, that's the average, put them in there, it would fill up about 150 boxcars. Now, how many did the thing hold? 500 and something. We're talking about if you put all of the animals that that we that people have ever figured out and said these animals are here, these are species here, these are this, get two of every one of them, even the ones we think are extinct, put them all together, you're going to come up and fill up about 32% of the ark as far as the space, not not even a third of it, maybe maybe close to a third. So if somebody said, could you put all the animals on the ark? The answer is yes. There was plenty of room in that sense. Three decks, over 100,000 square feet, over 1.5 million cubic feet. Uh, it, you, it, it, there was pl- truthfully, there's plenty of room. Now, some people say, well, what about the, the big old dinosaur? Well, but he, did he necessarily have to get a, a, a full-grown giant dinosaur? I mean, when you think about all the dinosaurs, didn't you tell me, what did you tell me today about the dinosaurs, the average size? Was, was the, all, if you took all the dinosaurs that we know about and said, what's the average size of a dinosaur? It was less than a sheep. So, you know, you've got some of the big ones, and maybe they were last to get on. Okay, 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 let's go. Get in there. Let's see if we got some room for you. But the bottom line, they're there. They're all there, and there's plenty of room. And when people say it was impossible to get all the animals, it was not impossible. And if God said, Get the animals and put them on an ark. I guarantee you, you could get the animals and put them on an ark if God said to do that. Now, what was, before we continue, what was the purpose of this box and bringing all the animals on this box? Look at verse 19. And of every living thing of the flesh, you shall bring two of every kind in the ark. Why? To keep them alive with you, they shall be male and female. What's the purpose of the ark? It was to keep them alive. Look at verse 20. Of the birds, after their kind, of the animals, after their kind, of the creeping things, after their kind, two of every kind will come to you to what? To keep them alive. So the purpose of this ark, the whole thing, was to keep them alive, to preserve the life on the earth. Because what he's fixing to do is wipe out everything with the breath of life. That takes us to the third question, and that is, did all the animals get on the ark? Well... Realized there was certainly room for all the animals to get on the ark, but not all the animals got on the ark. Just those who needed to breathe. I mean, the fish and the marine life didn't get on the ark because they live in the water. Just those with the breath of life. Verse 17, Behold, I am bringing the flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, and which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. Now, when he says in verse 17, I am bringing the flood of water. I want you to know that there is a Hebrew word for flood there that is mabul. It is only, it means a destruction of water, and it's only used to describe this. 
That's all. That's the only place it's used. Whenever words other used for flood or water's coming, it's a different word. The ones that li- that could live in the water didn't need to come and get in the ark. Now, there's a little bit more. I want you to see something. Look at verse 18. I will establish my my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark. Who? You and your sons and your wife and your son's wives and your son's wives with you. Noah is the one who found the grace. And it goes on and talks about two of every living thing, and you shall bring them male and female and birds and creeping things and all kind of animals will come and keep them alive. So that's the plan. Two of every kind of animal. I think, yeah, two of every kind of animal, the male and the female, animals, birds, bugs, everything. He's, you know, later he's going to talk about taking food. Look at verse 21. As for yourself, take for yourself some of all food which is edible and gather it to yourself, and it shall be for you, uh, for food for you and for them. We're going to see later on in chapter 7 that he says, take two of every animal. Look, look at verse 2 of chapter 7. You shall take with you of every clean animal by sevens. Seven of some animals. Now, what do you mean? Some of the clean animals were certain animals that they would sacrifice. So you've got to have more than two because if you sacrifice one, you go, oops. Okay, we got the male left or the female left. We're sort of in trouble on that group. So the bottom line is, he says, take seven of some of the clean animals because he's going to want them. He's going to let them do some sacrificing. Okay. Now, here's the next question. How could Noah do this? I mean, how could Noah get these animals? Wouldn't it be impossible for Noah to round up all of these animals and get them on the ark? And we think, yes. I mean, how is he going to go out? And I mean, we already know that when you go up, the animals, they run away from you. They do, you know. And so how is Noah going to get all these animals? Notice verse 19. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of them, two of every kind, into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. It says he's going to bring them. Well, how is that possible? Look at verse 20. Of the birds after their kind, and of the animals after their kind, and of the creeping thing on the ground after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. Noah didn't go find them. Noah wasn't the great hunter to go out and get them. They came to him. He probably went out and he looked up and they're starting to come. Now, the best that we can tell is, and it's not going to talk about this passage, how long it took him to build it. You can tell some of the other places in the Bible where it talked about that man would, that God would strive with man for 120 years. Most believe Noah was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years. That's what it says in Jude and Second Peter. So the bottom line, most believe that it took Noah about 120 years to build this. And it, I mean, you can picture him and his sons and their families trying to, trying to build this thing. Eight people build this ocean liner, this giant box that had three levels and a window all the way around and a door and all of this. And it, it took them probably 120 years to do it. What was he doing while he was building it? What do you think people were saying to him while he was building this thing? What are you doing? What do you think you're doing? Well, I'm building an ark. What are you building a, this big box for? Well, it's going to flood the whole world. And whoever's on this box... Will will escape the the judgment. What do you think they said to him? You're an idiot. Had it rained yet? 
Best we can tell from the scripture that it never rained, that, that it talks about that the, the mist would come up in the evening to water the land, and, and there was a cloud cover around the earth, the best that we can tell. We talked about how these people lived all these years because we think of the canopy around the earth. And, and so here's this man, just picture this, that God told him to do this. And, and I imagine that people saw him building this big box. And, I mean, it's taken years, and, and his whole family, and, and they'd be coming to him going, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing? And he'd say, I'm building this. And he, when the time comes, you need to get on this with me. But, you know, because it says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He proclaimed the message that faith in the Messiah would be, a person would become righteous. They'd be made righteous. Well, here's the next question, and that is, how long were they on the ark? And, of course, before you ever studied the Bible, and you've always heard it rain 40 days and 40 nights, and so the implication is you just assume that it was probably about 40 days and 40 nights, or maybe a little longer because you get on there and it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. It's going to take a little time for it to dry out. You don't want to get mud on your shoes when you come off, and so you probably wait a little bit or something. Notice, I want you to just see some verses very quickly. We'll just go through a little bit uh, fast so you can get some ideas. Uh, chapter 7 uh, says, then, then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and your household, for you are alone. I have seen to be righteous before me at this time. It's, it's, it seems to indicate, and we don't know, but it seems to indicate that of all the people, who are the only righteous ones? Noah. I mean, that's what the ones who have believed. And listen to what it says, verse 4. For after seven more days, he says, get on the ark, and after seven days, I will send rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and I will blot out from the face of the land every living thing that I have made. So they get on the ark, and he says, after you get on the ark, I'm going to wait a week, and then I'm going to let it rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Verse 5, Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. He did it. And then look, verse 10. It came about after the seven days that the water of the flood came upon the earth. Now, we get a little idea here. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the sky were open. Now, let's picture this. First of all, it took place in the 600th year of his life, in the second month, on the 17th day. So that's how we're going to figure out how long. 600th year of his life, second month, 17th day. Floodwaters came. Now notice how it puts it, because it's it's amazing. It says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, second month, 17th day of the month, on that same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open. What does that mean? Water came from where? From out of the ground. See, your your mind is, it just started raining, and rain started coming down, and it didn't stop for 40 days and 40 nights. Well, that's true. Rain came for 40 days and 40 nights, but water just didn't come from the sky. It came up out of the ground. The, 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 it says the fountains of the great deep burst open. Water just exploded up out of the ground. And the floodgates of the skies were open. I think the canopy of the cloud cover, in a sense, it broke and the rain began to fall. It's powerful. Water from below, water from above, the flood, uh, the floodgates of the sky, the fountains from the deep. And for 40 days and 40 nights, large volume of water came upon the earth. Verse 16, those entered, male and female of all flesh entered as God commanded him, and look, look, and the Lord closed it behind them. They, they went up, when they got on that ark, 
Noah and Ham and Shem and Japheth and their sons, I mean their wives, they all got on the ark and the animals and everything's on the ark. And it says, and the Lord closed the door. It was the Lord who closed the door. Look at verse 24. And the water prevailed upon the earth for a hundred and fifty days. A hundred and fifty days. We could, uh, and we're not going to take the time tonight, we'll read it another time, but it talks about how the water increased, increased, and in verse 20 says the water prevailed 15 cubits higher, and the mountains were covered, and then it goes on a little bit later that, that uh, every creeping thing, and the water went above all of the mountains, a certain thing, I mean, it's just amazing, and the water rose for 150 days. It was 150 days before the water stopped rising. Now, it rained 40 days and 40 nights, water came out of the ground, but it was 150 days before it rose to the top. It prevailed upon the earth 150 days. Now watch chapter 8, verse 1. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused a great wind to pass over the earth and the water subsided and started to go down. Verse 4. In the seventh month. Now when did they go on the ark? Uh-huh. Second month. So they've been on it how long? And this is the seventh month on the 17th day. They've been on it five months. The ark rested upon the top, really upon Mount, the mountains of Ararat. There they are. Verse 5. The water decreased steadily until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountain became visible. It was 10 months after the flood started that you could see the top of a mountain. Picture that. Verse 13. Now it came about in the 601st year, in the first month, on the first of the month, the water was dried up from the earth. Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the surface of the ground was dried up. Now, 600. And first year, first month, first day. They hadn't been on it quite a year. But notice. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. And God spoke to Noah saying, go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. 601st year, second month, 27th day. So therefore they were on it one year and 10 days or 370 days. The Jewish calendar is 360 days. And so they were basically on the ark about 370 days. Now the animals ate for 370 days. It could be that God put many of them in some type of hibernation while they were on there. No one his family had to eat and, and live and live in all of that and take care of those animals and feed them whatever we're eating, all of those things for 370 days, approximately Jewish days, one year and ten days. And then he said, go out. What did Noah do when he came off the ark? Verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird. Remember he had how many of those? Seven. And offered burnt offerings on the altar. He comes to worship God. Because God protected him. God saved him and his family and those animals. God did exactly what he said he was going to do. Now here's the next question, and this is it. How could they make it for over a year? Well, the answer is chapter 8, verse 1. But God remembered 
Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him on the ark. God remembered them. Special care. By the way, it was not Noah's job to, to keep all those animals going and doing right. God told him to get them on the ark. And you know that God, in a supernatural way, took care of all that for a year. God keeps everything in order for that year. So question, how big was the ark? As big as an ocean liner. Could all the animals fit on it? Yes, easily. Did all the animals get on it? No, not those of the marines, but only those who had the breath of life. There were two of the unclean and seven of the clean. How did Noah get them? God brought them to him. How long were they on it? They were over a year. How could they make it? God remembered. It was supernatural protection and provision. So what have we seen? God planned to destroy man off the face of the earth, but Noah found grace. God said, build an ark, and you'll be saved in that. The ark was a big boat. It was a big box. It was bigger than an ocean liner. It held all the animals and the food, and there was plenty of room. And God's provision was the ark. Well, let me give you some applications, and then we have the privilege of celebrating the Lord's Supper. But the first one is, remember, sin brings death and destruction. Mankind sinned. God's judgment was destroy man. We've all sinned. We all owe God death. And the truth is that God's going to judge sin. God judges it. In fact, let me ask you a question. Has God judged sin already? Where? On the cross, on Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death. Jesus Christ died in our place. Sin always brings death and destruction. Always. Number two. God in His grace provides salvation from judgment. Noah found grace, we found grace. For Noah, God said, I'm going to put you on an ark. It's going to be a place of safety and refuge. We're saved by Jesus Christ. He is the place of refuge. He is the one we flee to. And so, the next slide or next thing is, by faith, Noah is in the ark. By faith, we are in Christ. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you're placed in Him. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. So we need to thank God. For Jesus Christ, our place of salvation from God's judgment. As, as we talked this morning about the Passover lamb and how the Passover lamb was sacrificed as the substitute. The judgment fell on the Passover lamb. The blood was on the door. And so instead of falling on the firstborn, it fell on the Passover lamb. Well, Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb. And the judgment fell on him instead of us. And all who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Let's pray and then we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper. Heavenly Father, what a great night. Thank you, Lord, for just the, the flow as we think about the ark and the, all of these different things and, and uh, we raise the questions about how big was it and could the animals get on there and was there room and how long and all of these things. Thank you, Lord, that your word is true and that we believe your word and that we believe that when you told Noah to build it and how big it was that he built it, he built it that big and all, you brought the animals to him just like you said and they all got on and the whole family family got on and they were on there for over a year and you protected them and took care of them and the water filled the whole earth and flooded the whole earth above all the mountains and it happened just as you said it happened and thank you lord that we have the bible that we can trust and that we can believe and that we go to for these things thank you lord for these great truths lord we realize that sin brings death and destruction thank you that you have you had for noah the ark of that was his protection and salvation. And thank you, you have Jesus Christ who is our ark and our protector and our salvation and our place of refuge. And thank you that by faith in him you give to us eternal life. Thank you, Lord. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.